Hello, and welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. My guest tonight is Jim Powell, originally from, well, you're originally from Texas. You moved to Jersey and recently came back to Texas. How you doing, Jim? I'm great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Please introduce yourself for our for audience and tell us a little bit about your background and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> so my name is Jen Powell. I'm from Texas, originally from South Texas. I'm back here now. I'm happy to be back. But um, um, I spent the last 10 years in living in northern New Jersey, uh, where I was a librarian. Um, so yeah, so now I'm back in Texas. Um, um, but why I'm here today is because um, um, about my journey um, using cannabis to overcome my drinking. So yeah, that's, that's what we wanted to hear about, or you wanted to tell us about, was your yeah. story. Uh, it's, right. it's an interesting one. It's not an uncommon one. Uh, right. But it's one that a lot of people find themselves in. So tell us basically how it all started. Right. Um, so. So I was in a very abusive relationship. Uh, I didn't realize it was abusive, uh, but it was. And and so I was using a lot of alcohol to deal with that situation. And it was, it, it was as bad as it gets. It was very physical. It was obviously mental abuse, uh, emotional abuse, all of that. But, um, you know, for a period of time, there was a lot of physical abuse and I was very scared for my life. Um, and through that time, um, I had always been a casual drinker, but I turned to hard liquor to, to deal with that just extreme chaos that was in my life. Um, and I was drinking a bot. It wasn't a bottle of of vodka a day was, you know, pretty regular, sometimes more than that. Um, sometimes I was drinking a bottle of liquor just to deal with the hangover the day before. Um, so it was really bad. Um, yeah. My uh, liver enzymes were off the charts. My eyes were yellow. Um, so I can't stress enough how bad of an alcoholic I was. But I was somehow functioning. I was doing good, good in my career. I had a young child at the time. Um, uh, and then a friend of mine at work, because uh, I, I, hate, I hated drinking. It made me feel awful. It made me feel like a bad person, like a bad mom. Um, the hangover itself every day, living that with that was awful. Um, so I was just living with all this guilt. And so my friend was like, why don't you try smoking weed? <laughs> and so, um, growing up near Mexico, I've, I've always had weed in my life, you know? <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, it's everywhere here. <laughs> and then I lived in Austin for a while. It's everywhere in Austin. So, um, yeah. I've had, I've always smoked, you know, here and there. Um, but it was never something I thought of as an adult because it's yeah. so frowned upon in our society. You know, alcohol's everywhere, but smoking is something you do when you're a kid. Um, and that's acceptable. But when you're an adult, no. Well, but I, she gave me a bit. I want to I I interrupt you for a minute. Just, just, of course. Um, you say you were drinking a bottle of vodka a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Give us a little reference on size. I mean, that could mean a lot. Okay, it, yeah. Was so, it like a pint, a quart? Oh no, um, like a uh, seven fifty. A seven fifty yeah. was like a regular size bottle. Um, so sometimes a seven fifty and a half, like I guess that's a liter. Yeah. I'm bad on measurements. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, so 
So a, a normal size bottle, not like a pint bottle, you know, a lot of uh, alcohol. And I can't, I can't stress enough how detrimental that was on my health, you know, cause I, I hate the taste of alcohol. So I would take a shot of vodka and I would chase it with some sort of juice or something. And then I would eat food to take the taste away. So on top of being an alcoholic, I gained a hundred pounds because I was, I was eating so many more calories and I was sedentary. I, I couldn't function, you know, I was drinking so much alcohol. Um, People don't understand with alcohol that not only does most alcohol contain a lot of sugar already. Right. The alcohol converts into sugar in your liver. Right. So that's a double whammy. And then, like I say, the effect of alcohol, well, especially if you're drinking 24-7, which yeah. sounds like, I mean, I've been there. I've been down that road. Uh, mm-hmm. when, I, when I got my first divorce, it hit me pretty hard, even though right. it was, I, I filed for it. I wanted it. But it hit me pretty hard because that was the mother of my two children, you know, mm. and and in all honesty, I went off the deep end with alcohol. So right. I've been there, you know, it was it was literally 24 seven. I, I passed yeah. out on the couch with a cigarette that burned down to the butt between my fingers and Budweiser tall boy in one hand. And that's how right. I woke up, you know, yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. And, I know. I had beer for breakfast. I had big beer for lunch. I had beer for dinner. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. No. <laughs> I know. But and you, yeah. well, you're in your drinking around the clock to stave off the hangover, you know, just so you can kind of keep feeling okay. Well, yeah, it's nonstop. That this the aspect that you were talking about that I was getting at, though, when you when you're you have that constant alcohol, you're lethargic as well. You're not going to get up yeah. and move around and do stuff. You're going to do is. No little as you have to (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so so your friend said yeah so it was actually a co-worker too yeah and she gave me a vape pen she hooked me up she said try this and it was instant instantly I felt like I felt like I didn't have to drink um anymore when I was smoking and Chris I can't tell you I would I would sit with therapists and cry like please help me to stop drinking I don't know what to do um, and I would yeah. quit and quit and quit and then start drinking and quit. And it was this instant feeling of, wow, I don't feel so stressed out anymore. And this could kind of help me. And on top of that, I can function as a mom, as a boss, as, um, I'm not hung over the next day. Um, so it was life changing. I can't stress that enough. Um, and then I got onto Twitter. I've always had Twitter, but then I found the cannabis side of Twitter. And uh, my story, as you said, is not uncommon of people using weed to overcome other addictions and to actually better their lives. Um, So when it when I heard that and because I still felt this like, um, oh, I'm doing something bad. You know, it was this feeling of I shouldn't be smoking. Um, (laughs) But when I heard that, you know, it's so many people have the same story. Um, Then it became important for me to connect with these people. And then eventually now on this side of it, when I feel like I'm so far in my recovery from alcohol, I feel like I can hopefully help other people. Um, So that's, that's why it's important to me to kind of share our stories. 
with others to show, you know, we are successful um, people. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I've lost my, I've actually lost more than a hundred pounds now, but I'm very active. You know, I've completely changed my life. Um, I'm divorced now. Well, Yay. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to work. We're getting ahead of the game a little bit. Let's back up. Uh, yeah. You're talking about this, this change from, or this realization that cannabis was better for you than, than alcohol. So did you, right. number one, tell me when it was, when, when this happened, what point in, in your discovery that your relationship was also part of the problem? Right. Uh, was that before that discovery or was that after that discovery? It was after. So, okay. so I got sober July, 2020. Um, I stopped drinking and I hit my rock bottom. My daughter, my eyes were yellow. My daughter one morning told me I looked like a monster and I did. Um, and so I said, I couldn't, I can't do this anymore. Um, so I stopped drinking and I obviously knew my relationship was a mess from the start. <laughs> That's a long story, <laughs> but, um, um, I was, just <laughs> I was just in denial that I, I could get out of it, I guess. I don't know how to to word it any other way but um so yeah. once i quit drinking though um i realized that i deserve better and how bad it actually was um you know i think the alcohol helped me be numb to a lot of what was going on um so once i quit and i i'm a firm believer everything has to happen for a reason in a certain order um and so once i decided to leave the relationship i was very naive to the fact that because we had been living completely separate lives for years, um, completely. Um, so I, I thought, oh, we're going to get divorced now. It's going to be fine. Well, you know, we're on our separate ways. But I, uh, the, the abuse got extremely bad over the past year. Um, it's been awful. Um, so if I wasn't sober before all that started, I don't think I would be alive today. And I'm not saying that lightly, but um, I don't think there's a way I could have survived that without being sober from alcohol yeah so yeah <laughs> uh, that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, and he's in law enforcement too so the whole thing was oh geez just that just barrel you know how many times do you know how many times that i have heard that exact same thing about no. someone in, in not just law enforcement just first responders in general but you know not trying to make an excuse uh, by any means. Don't don't take this the wrong way. Mm -hmm. They sometimes have a reason that they don't understand themselves with PTSD and stuff like that. Of course, of course. You know, but that still is no excuse to take it out on somebody else. Bottom line. So right. you found out about your relationship. You you made the changes there, and then okay. you found out about switching from alcohol to cannabis right? right 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 okay so when you got to that point um i, I gotta ask um what was the the transition like was it like okay i'm done with alcohol completely or did you 100%. still try to drink or because a lot you know a lot of people play that game i know i and i did too for so long but it really was a literal switch in me and i think you know, my daughter was a big part of that, but, um, and when, once that switch was flipped in me, I, I didn't crave it. I didn't feel like drinking ever. I think once I 
thought about it. And then I thought about how un, in, I, I would feel like I wasn't in control of my body when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I, because my life was in chaos, having control over my body now makes me feel secure in the decisions I'm making and things like that, sure. you know? So, um, so that's very important to me. So, um, so that's not something I ever want back in my life at all. Not even yeah. a drink here or there, even though I feel like I probably could handle it at this point. Maybe it's just not something I ever want in my life again. Yeah. That was going to be the next, next question is, is what, what are the cravings? Do you have issues with cravings ever or are you? No, not with alcohol. What I have a problem, what I will say I have a problem with now <laughs> is just the replacement addictions I have, you know, but they're all healthy. Like I'm obsessed with running now. I'm a huge runner. Um, it's a healthy addiction, but it's still, <laughs> I'm, I, I can't function until I go run. So, so yeah. <laughs> so running I, is like your coffee. It really is. <laughs> uh, and then like, you have to go on longer runs. I don't know. It's a whole mess. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I can <laughs> but, imagine. <laughs> yeah. But you, you have to replace them with healthy habits. I, I became obsessed with work for a while. I'm not employed right now, but um, I'm choosing not to be employed. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. you just have to. Yeah. So um, for me, it was filling my voids with with positive things, you know, instead okay. of. Yeah, well, it's about time we take our first sponsor break. So. All right. We'll, we'll get ready to do our first sponsor break. And then when we come back, we'll get you to tell us all about what the things were, where you were that you did to help you get over it and move right. on from the alcohol. This is the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, host Chris Bristolia. My guest this week is Jen Powell. And uh, we'll be right back after this short sponsor break. Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps.
Welcome back to the Lone Star Podcast, Lone Star Collective Podcast, the, the uh, official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. My guest this week is Jen Powell. I'm your host, Chris Persolia. They also call me Graham, by the way. Uh, Jen is telling us her story about using cannabis to get away from alcohol and a life of abuse and, and trouble. And as we were going to break there, you were just about tell us about different ways you were finding to occupy your time and other things to help you all, as well as to get away from alcohol. Right. Yes. So uh, health and wellness has become extremely important to me. Uh, so, um, so I've just recently moved back to Texas um, from New Jersey and um in New Jersey, I was very career focused. Um, I had a successful career as a library director, um, but uh, moving into Texas now, I'm uh, grateful to have some time off. So I'm really focusing completely on my mental health and taking a little break. Because uh, um, it's really important to me to stay sober and uh, just recover from the past two years. It's been a lot. I have some tremendous PTSD uh, from what happened over the past year, especially. Uh, That's understandable. So, I mean, uh, yeah, talking about an abusive relationship and all. You, you were talking about your health and, and exercise and running. Yes. What, what all things have you done and, and how has it improved your life and, and all that kind of stuff? Tell us yeah, a little bit so, about that. Yeah, so when I started last year, uh, January, I just decided to get more physical and I started walking. Um, and actually, it, was, it started because every time I would have to talk to a lawyer, I would get so frustrated and go for a walk. And I, I thought, oh, that made me feel better. <laughs> Honest to God, I was dealing with my divorce lawyer and a work attorney at the same time. <laughs> and so every time I would talk to an attorney, I would go for a walk and it would make me feel better. <laughs> so, um, so that's my new uh like slogan go work out you'll feel better um so i just started walking every single day every single day and then that wasn't enough so i had to start running and then you know my three miles wasn't enough so i'd start running five miles and um so now i'm um training for a half marathon um but i i you know my lifestyle before was drinking sitting on the couch watching tv hardly interacting with my child and now we're running through the neighborhood. You know, she likes to go on races and I can interact with her. I, you know, my lifestyle is complete. I have so much energy. Um, so the lifestyle change is drastic. And I hate it when people talk about lazy stoners or we yeah. sit on couch and play video games all day. And I just want to scream. Like I, I get up and I run. It makes me feel oh. good. Um, you so, left a, a pretty active career up there in New Jersey yeah. as well. Yeah. From what I from what I know. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about what with all you left behind and, and what you were <laughs> doing in the midst of being yeah. a cannabis user and an alcohol <laughs> recovering alcoholic. Yeah. So um, while I was an alcoholic, I was named the director of a little library, and it was a little library, uh, a town, but it, we weren't right. Uh, far outside of New York City. 
Uh, so it was a, you know, thriving little neighborhood in northern New Jersey. Um, but because of that, I got to work closely with the local government. I worked in the town. I worked closely with the mayor. The mayor was a good friend of mine, um, town council um, in Jersey. Uh, cannabis was legal, so I was out, able to have open conversations. It was it was so nice for me to have um, to feel like I was making an impact in a in an, a community, you know, through my job and because I had the community also saw my health transformation. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling better, you know, it's such a small community. So everybody knows everybody. Um, so it was nice to be able to kind of talk with these people openly a little bit, you know, and have them in my office. <laughs> Can I tell you how I actually did it? <laughs> you know? So, um, but everybody else, I was like, Oh, I just got my life together, you know? <laughs> so, but I was able to have conversations with local politicians about, you know, the cannabis laws in our little town and if they were going to let, um, you know, how they were going to regulate it in our area. But you did some um, advocacy work as well. Yeah, a little bit. I did. I tried with our town council because our town council voted not to have a dispensary in our area. So I just, you know, had a conversation with some of them about, you know, why that decision was made, um, you know, how we need to take that stigma away from cannabis users and that sort of yeah. thing. So I did try to advocate um a little bit in my area, which felt good. It felt um it felt um like I could have that sort of local politician uh thing. It felt like I could have an impact on, you know, my area. Big so politics what, gets a little just, scary, but just for our listeners here in Texas, what is what mm -hmm. is it like in New York, New Jersey? What is the the cannabis yeah. market and everything like in, in that, <laughs> it's awful. that part of the country? <laughs> Is it, is it worse than Texas or? It's awful. Hold on. I have my, I'm getting my, I, I'm getting my, my card. I have my New Jersey. <laughs> I have my Jersey cannabis card. I did. Um, but it's a racket. You know all about it. Yeah. You pay, you pay a bunch of money and then to have a card, you know, you spend two seconds on a phone call with a doctor to get a card. Right. It's, I mean, it's all a joke. Uh, but you pay a lot of money to get it, and then you pay the state a lot of money at these, uh, you know, dispensaries. It's awful. It's a racket. What What are the tax rates like in in Jersey? I, I couldn't tell. It's been so long <laughs> since I bought from a normal market, but it's ridiculous. I mean, you're paying like seventy dollars for an eighth. So I, I, but I still, I don't even know. I've bought black market for so long now. Um, uh, but why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> well, and that's, that's the, you know, that's the whole point that we try to get across to lawmakers is the, the whole argument about, you know, well, the black market hadn't gone anywhere in legal states. It's still flourishing. Right. Well, there's two major reasons for that. Of course. No, number one is simple fact that because it's, there is a legal market, Guess what? It's a lot easier to have an illegal grow in a legal market than it is just mm -hmm. in Mexico and bring it across the border. Number right. two reason why is because of the simple fact that uh, that the taxes and regulations are so outrageous in legal markets that you can get it from a legacy market, right? A whole lot cheaper and still get a, and a lot of times get a better quality product. Right. Well, and you're working with people, growers that you respect and trust and, you know, it's, it's a whole different experience. Uh, yeah. 
So I well, wish I could yeah, grow that's, myself. That's, <laughs> that's the thing they don't understand. The black market, when they, when they hear black market or legacy market and stuff yeah, like that, lawmakers think it's, it's uh, you know, the stuff coming across the border. Right. That's all they see in their mind. And no. I got news for you. Even back in the 80s and 90s, 75% of the marijuana sold on the black market or the legacy market in the United right. States was grown right here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And that was in the 80s and 90s. Right. I would say it's closer to 90, 95% now. Mm. Because yeah, anything, you see what they're getting when they have their bus down at the border. It's brickweed. When's the last time you saw any brickweed anywhere? <laughs> a dispensary? <laughs> no, that's, pretty, that's pretty sad. <laughs> dispensaries are notorious for having the worst. The worst weed. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about New Jersey. I'm in New York. I've never been to anywhere up there. Colorado was, was pretty good when I've been to Colorado. That's the only place yeah, I've been I haven't and bought been. legal weed. Well, and the, and the other problem in New Jersey was it became legal and it took a full year. I had my medical card so I could technically buy, but it took a full year for stores to open to the public. I mean, what a racket, what a racket, just nonsense. Well, you so. know, you, you want to talk about uh, a racket, you, you, you know, the history of the Texas Compassionate Use Program. Uh, <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm scared. I'm scared to learn about Texas. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you the brief rundown. It's, no, yeah. uh, it's uh, passed in 2015, Texas Compassionate Use Program, or what they call the TCA. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was for only severe intractable epilepsy at that time. It was only 0.5% uh, was the maximum THC that it could be by dry weight. And then it was uh, only in tincture form was the only type of medication that they could have. And so uh, it not only was it super, super restrictive on who could get it, because if you had to have this super, you know, uh, intractable epilepsy, but you had to be basically treated by two neurologists in the beginning. And both had to recommend you for the teacup program. So you had to be recommended by two doctors, not one. And then wow. when you got the meds, there was to, to get the level of THC that the doctor was telling you to take to control your seizures, you might be taking two cups of carrier oil a day oh my gosh because there was so little oh because there was so little thc in it so so right. that was the beginning and it did not go into effect until 2017 uh and it was i think it was almost 2018 i could be misspeaking now but i think it was almost 2018 before meds were actually available to patients but uh 2019 we got an expansion a lot of more conditions added uh 2021 got a few more conditions added uh, mm. to the point of all cancer uh, and all PTSD were the two big ones, uh, but all kinds of neurodegenerative conditions. There's like 150 on there now. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, THC got raised from 0.5% to 1% by dry weight. 
which is a lot of people still go, oh, God, oh, God, right? But the thing you got to remember about that is that, that that language by dry weight, Texas still produces 20 milligram edibles, just like any other state currently. Mm -hmm. The difference between Texas and other states now is that's all they can produce. Edibles, mm -hmm. tinctures, drinks. There's still no inhalable product whatsoever allowed, which is ludicrous for people like me who suffer from severe neuropathy when that is the number one way to treat it is to inhale it. So what's the logic there? Or uh, they don't want anybody getting stoned. <laughs> but if you're taking an <laughs> edible, you're going to get stoned, right? So what's... Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a whole nother ball of wax with the you know because the delta eight delta 10 oh, scenario is so rampant right it's mm -hmm. everywhere and of course the hemp derived they figured out that they just make a bigger gummy or a bigger rice krispie treat and <laughs> they can have a nice delta nine hemp derived they're all mm -hmm. over the they're in every store they're in convenience stores around every corner you know I see, so, but did they actually do anything? Yeah, they, they're pretty good. Actually. Are yeah. they? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I actually was a judge in uh, the Texas Hemp Awards recently, and and I oh, was really? quite I was quite impressed with a lot of the products this year. Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, That's it, great. It, it, it was it be interesting to see who the winners were, but um, you know, because oh. there was good and bad, and there was mediocre, but there was some that were. Nothing to me is exceptional, but I have such a high tolerance. It's hard for me to degrade anything, you know, that right. high. So I right. usually start out in the middle and say, okay, this didn't really do much for me. And I go down on that if I'm scoring. Uh -huh. you know, if it does something for me, I go the other direction, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. At any rate, uh, so uh, sounds like exercise and just career and everything has really been what what propelled you in this quest to get completely away from alcohol right absolutely what, what are what are what is the other you mentioned the weight gain tell us the downside to that the downside of my drinking no the downside or, to your weight gain there's been a positive oh, effect okay. on that regard as well because <laughs> you i mean you threw out a number there i don't generally talk about weight and women but <laughs> you threw out a number of what you gained while you were drinking oh, yeah. so yeah i figured i'd give yeah, you so the I... opportunity to say what well, <laughs> you know we're, we're trying to give a success story here right yes <laughs> yeah. yeah so i've lost uh 111 pounds now i gained 100 pounds uh yeah so um i'm sorry what was the question <laughs> that was the question <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the positive effect <clears throat> yeah i mean and I was just hating life. I was miserable inside my body because that wasn't my body. You know, I gained all this weight. I didn't know who I was. Um, I couldn't function. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't, I wouldn't go see friends. I, you know, I was, so not only was I an alcoholic and in this miserable relationship, I was also isolating because I hated myself. Yeah. So, so my life is just so completely different. I'm so full of life. I want to, you know, I'm going out with my friends constantly, reconnecting with old friends um, and just so much happier. I mean, obviously still a lot is going on and I'm dealing with a lot of the, um, you know, after effects of 
the relationship mm. I was in, but um, but I can't stress my life is so much better now because of all yeah. the changes that I I was able to make. Well, we're we're coming up on time for our, our second sponsor break. So when we get back from the sponsor break, we'll talk about what preempted your move to Texas and, and what you're doing now. And then we'll get into a little bit of how you can get more involved here in Texas if you want to. Sounds good. Okay. All right. This is the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. And we're going to take our quick sponsor break, and we'll be right back after these few messages. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm your host, Chris Grisolia, and my guest this week is Jen Powell. I want to say a survivor of alcohol addiction is what I want to introduce you as, and a cannabis patient slash advocate. Welcome back. Thanks. We were talking about how your life has gotten better and and all that good stuff. and I just wanted to have you bring up because uh, you made a recent move. You mentioned it earlier about your move mm-hmm. from New Jersey back to Texas. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you to bring up what prompted you to move back to Texas because okay. you lived in Texas before, as you said. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, what your plans are and and for the future. And, of course, then we'll get into what you were talking about earlier about getting more involved here in Texas. Yeah. All right. Um, so, um, so I recently moved back to Texas. I've been back three months now. Um, but last summer it, I officially decided to make the move and, uh, it was all very hard for me because again, I became extremely career driven. Um, I was very successful in New Jersey. Um, 
But the reality of the situation was um, my divorce was getting very messy. It was uh, uh, not a good situation for me to live in. Even once I was divorced, it was not going to be a safe situation for me to live in. Uh, I was, you know, my tires were being slashed. I was being stalked Mm. at work. Um, It was a bad situation. So my brother is actually an attorney um, and he swooped in and said, um, I want to build you a place on my property and I need, I need you and your daughter to get out of there. Um, and so he came in and I feel like he rescued us. <laughs> he brought, he built us this beautiful, amazing place. <laughs> um, and I, that was the hardest thing for me because it felt like everything in my life was shutting down. I was losing my career. I was losing my friends. I was losing the place I loved in New Jersey. I love New Jersey. Um, losing my marriage, which I was happy about, but, <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was hard. Um, so I, but I realized that this is all, this is all going to be for my benefit. I need my family. Um, I've just been through the hardest situation in my life. I need support. And in, in Texas, I have so much family and I have a lot of friends that I, again, I'm reconnecting with. I have a lot of high school friends that still live in my hometown. I have, I went to college in Austin. I still have a lot of friends there that I'm reconnecting with. Um, so that's been fun. <laughs> so, um, so being career driven, I immediately threw myself, once I got back to Texas, threw myself in the job search and, you know, cause that's just who we, we are, you know? Um, yeah. so I actually was offered a great position at my dream library. It's the largest library in the the nation, the largest single floor library in the nation. And, um, I took a pause and I said, I I need to take a break for myself for, for a while. (laughs) And that's so hard for all of us, right? What am I going to do with myself? But I, I had to realize that financially I I can afford it right now. And I don't think I'm going to have this opportunity ever again in my life where I financially can take a little break and I don't have a mortgage right now. And when is that going to happen again? Um, So, um, so I declined that job actually. And, and so I just decided to take maybe a year off just to focus because I have a lot of work to do as far as the re the PTSD therapy recovery. And I'm looking into alternative treatments for PTSD, um, as well as obviously cannabis use. Um, but, um, so I have a lot of work to do on myself. So that's what I'm planning on doing for the next few months, at least, you know, at least six months. I don't, I don't want to give an exact time frame, but, um, it's really important. I don't think our society ever does that enough. You know, I know, I know we're so a lot of people aren't in the situation where they can't afford to stop yeah, it's, take it's a mental hard, break, it, but it's hard to do. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it myself right now. I've, yeah. I've, I've left my, my career job mm-hmm. on the 6th of January was my last day. Right. And I mean, I gave them seven months notice, you know, and told mm-hmm. them that I was leaving, uh, told them I'm burnt out. I'm, you know, did commercial construction for 35 plus years. Uh, and I just, I did work from the field all the way up the last eight years I spent in the office as a project manager and, uh, looking at four walls all day long about killed me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> so, but, you know, luckily I'm financially in a position where I can do it. I do, right. I do still have a mortgage and a truck payment and whatnot, but <laughs> I am in a financial no. position where 
I can take a couple months off, do me a reset. Just so happened I timed it with our legislative session in Austin, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, my hope is I can get into something within the, the cannabis industry here in Texas as it continues to grow and expand. Uh, yeah. I've got some my foot in the door in a couple of places. Whether those things will finish and materialize, we'll see. Uh, time will tell. But luckily, the, the place I left said the door is always open should you need a place oh, nice. to come back to. So I have that aspect, right? That's but good. anyway, yeah. I totally, my whole point in bringing that up, <laughs> not to interrupt you, but to just say I totally, totally, totally get the whole aspect of making that decision. Because it took me three years to make it. Yeah. You know, I knew I was at that point three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to make a change. And I right. did. I did make some suggestions to the company that I worked for and said, hey, why don't you make this position and give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, it's a good idea, but we don't want to do that right now. You right. know. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, ultimately i just had to i had to pull the plug i just had to because yeah it was that or go nuts right mm-hmm. so no i feel so i feel so fortunate to be in this position where i can do that i i my heart goes out to people who, who can't i don't i don't know because some days i don't know how i function i my brain just feels like i can't process things properly because of the ptsd <laughs> um sure. but i but you know, if I was just a normal American citizen, I would have to be going to a job and I, you know, I, I couldn't know, I don't know how I would do it. Um, but I, so I'm so grateful. I have this opportunity to just take some time, be a, a good mom, you know, spend a lot of time with my daughter. So that's exciting. So, so how old is your daughter, by the way? She's six. She's almost seven. She's okay. a first grader. <laughs> she's, a, she's a little yeah. one then. <laughs> she is. She's, she's little. <laughs> she loves Texas. <laughs> So, uh, what are your questions? You said you wanted to get involved in Texas. What What are I your do. first questions? Tell me, tell me what you want to know, and I'll see if I can help. Uh, well, I I love how you advocate for your son. Uh, you know, in, in memory of your son, that's so amazing. All the work you've done. So now that I am back in Texas, um, like I said, I I so enjoy working with the community, like I did in New Jersey, and feeling like I have an impact um, in some way. So I really hope to get involved to see how I could make an impact or how my story could make an impact with um, whether that be legislature. I don't even know where to begin. It's so overwhelming, you know. Okay. okay. Uh, well, yeah. I, I will. I will try to give you as good an update as I can. Uh, yeah. There are there are some organizations that you could could probably uh, look for on. They're on Twitter, uh, Texas Normals on Twitter, and uh, FIT, it's Foundation for an Informed Texas, is also on on Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. They uh, they're actually both run by basically the same person. Uh, FIT is a nonprofit organization that helps fund the legislative work that Texas Normal does. You know, whereas Texas Normal can't do. Uh, uh, you can't use that as a tax deduction when you donate to Texas Normal, but if you donate to FIT, you can use that as a taxable deduction. So it's kind of roundabout to get businesses and people to donate 
for that fact. Right, right, right. right. Uh But anyway, you can look those up on Twitter. But basically, the state of Texas, the the quick, easy, (laughs) no real quick, easy run. No, there's nothing quick. We we have legislative session every two years, right? Uh, We do not have what a lot of other states have with a ballot initiative where you can do a petition Mm -hmm. and get a measure put on a ballot. That is not mm-hmm. something we have in Texas. So we have to go through the legislative process. Now, we can go through the legislative process and get them to do what's called a joint resolution, which uh, basically they pass it through the House with a supermajority, then it passes through the Senate with a supermajority. It has to be a supermajority in both chambers. And then that puts it on the ballot. Once it's voted on, if it passes, then that puts it back in the hands of the legislature to write the law and the regulations, et cetera. So you're talking about a two to six year process, right? Wow. Oh, Texas. Oh, Texas. (laughs) Likelihood of that happening is slim and none. So where we're at is we got, as I explained earlier, we got the teacup program in through 2015. We got expansions Mm -hmm. in 2019 and 2021. They are pushing, I say they, we are pushing for uh, expansions to the teacup again. We're going to try to either get the THC limitation removed and left up to the physician to decide how much and how often, as it should be, mm-hmm. uh, right. or at least get it raised to 5%, which would open the door massively to a lot of other things and make medications more affordable for mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, and then they're going to also try to get some conditions added like chronic pain and a few others. Uh, so that's where we're at on the medical side. Uh, chances of getting, any smokable product? Probably not going to happen. Uh, just because the mentality is so out there uh, in, in that regard, you know. So that being said, <coughs> excuse me. Um, when you look at the uh, fact of all the the legal products that are now available in Texas that we talked about earlier with the, the Delta-8, the Delta-10, the HHC, the THCO, uh, and the hemp-derived Delta-9. Uh, <laughs> it's also silly. <laughs> well, it, what's so silly about it is the cat is out of the friggin' bag, folks. <laughs> so far out of the bag. Yeah. With the right. Delta-8, I mean... There's Delta 8 free rolls around every corner. Right, you right. Know, yeah, I are. mean, and perfectly legal to buy them, you know. And here's right. the thing. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people who would be on the teacup program who are using the Delta 8 product. And this is my argument. And it's an argument of a lot of scientists and physicians, too, uh, which is what makes it my argument. We know what happens. There's enough history of people smoking marijuana, right? 
putting right, flame right. to it, inhaling it, and smoking it. <laughs> we know what happens when you smoke Delta 9. Right. Delta 8, while it is a naturally occurring cannabinoid, mm-hmm. what's in the stores is not. Because mm-hmm. they cannot, well, they can, but they have to do it on such a massive scale to get such a small amount of the Delta eight without mm-hmm. doing a synthetic conversion. Anything, oh, right. anything that's on the market today is most likely a synthetic conversion. There are some companies out there who are doing some extraction of biomass and whatnot and mm-hmm. on massive scales and making products that are you know, derived Delta nine mm-hmm. or, or Delta eight as well, but they're few and far between. Uh, most of it, you're, they're taking CBD and converting it to Delta-8, okay? How does this make sense, we, though? A natural plant? Well, that's my thing. We don't know oh. what happens, and that's what all these doctors that I know are saying. We don't know what happens. There's not enough history. It's only been around right. a couple years. Right. In mass, like it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like the vape cartridges all over again. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen to all these people a year from now, two years from now, they're going to start. 30 years from now. I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's crazy that that's legal, but right. the natural Delta nine is not. Natural so here's plant. the thing. We have a Senator, of course, we know the bill has probably come from higher up for, for origination. And this Senator is just the Avenue that's being used to put it into the process. Senator Perry out of Lubbock has filed a bill. And I don't want to say the wrong bill number, but it's a Senate bill. Uh, But uh, this Senate bill basically is going after all the Delta 8, Delta 10. It's going after any form of THC that's synthetically derived. Mm -hmm. So that's going to put a lot of people out of business in Texas because there are a lot of businesses that have been, that have popped up in the last two years. Right. So there's that argument that they're going to fight to keep it. My argument is, okay, you don't want that. That's fine. And well, and I don't have a problem with that. Let's get the real thing, you know, because we know what's going to happen with this. Nothing, nothing bad anyway. Right. I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> with that other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I, even the doctors that I know, they say, well, it's one thing to ingest it. What it right. we, we don't know what happens to it when you burn it and then inhale mm-hmm. it. That's different than just eating right. it, you know, so right. that's the big thing. But ways you can get involved uh, in Texas are depends mm-hmm. on what, to what length you want to go. <laughs> well, oh, I'm free for the next few months, so I've got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, uh, of course, Texas Normal puts out what they call action alerts, uh, which is another reason why I say follow them. But uh, I'm writing down <laughs> what they do is that they'll. It's basically it's real neat. You go, you click on this link that they'll post, and they'll they'll tweet it out too. But you click on the link, you put in your uh, name and address and your email address, mm-hmm. and it basically pulls up who your reps are. 
county rep and senator. And nice. it already has a pre-written form letter there that you can just hit send. Or you can ad lib to, you know, and edit if you prefer to add or take right. away. And then mm -hmm. hit send. <coughs> Excuse me. My voice is trying to disappear on me. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, uh, what that's one way that you can get involved. Of course, obviously, you can go to uh, who represents me dot texas dot gov and find out who your reps are that way uh, and and just email them and call them directly. Uh, but there's a link. Uh, I'll send it to you if I don't All forget. Right. Uh, there's good. a link to <laughs> a particular page that they have uh, that they update with all the cannabis related bills so they have penalty reduction bills medical full legalization bills a couple that have been filed and all that and they update those pages on a regular basis and so you can you can like bookmark that page and go back and look and see if there's anything new and stuff uh one thing that uh if you're interested if you have the free time uh, <laughs> i think i do uh it involves traveling to Austin, but when we yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I figured you might since you <laughs> lived in Austin for a period. When they get to the point where uh, we get bills and we get the committee hearing, uh, if you can come and testify in person, yeah, uh, that goes a long way. The more people that they literally usually, you know, normally it's you get three minutes. To, to mm -hmm. give your little right. spiel. Talk. Uh -huh. uh, they usually cut us down to two. Really? And they've been known to cut us down to a minute and a half because we have so many people show so up. So many, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I've been there. I've gotten there at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning before and left at 11, 30, 12 at night. And sometimes wow. and don't leave till three or four the next morning. <laughs> right, I know. That's so <laughs> exciting. Know. It's crazy, it's so exciting. But, yeah, I love it's, being part of that. Yeah. It, 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 it can be an adrenaline rush too, though. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah. That, the anticipation and all. But, you know, when they have a committee hearing, there might be 50 bills in that right. hearing. You don't know when yours is going to be called, but you better be right. there. Because when they call the bill and call your name, if you're not there, next. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Yeah. But those sure. are some ways, you, easy ways you can get involved. Uh, no, that's great. I do want to be more involved now that I'm in Texas. Yeah, stay up to date with the bills, and then and, and then of course follow the Texas Cannabis Collective too. Uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah. we're, we're always doing stuff constantly. Well, you're doing great things. In fact, I'm I'm headed for Austin tomorrow. <gasps> no gonna way. Going to be in Austin on Wednesday, visiting every single office in the capital. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Good for you. That's just one trip. I've already been once this year. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You need to document that. I love it. You know, it. that's that's something else that, that Texas Normal does too. They uh and they probably will get into that more into February, like mid February ish. But uh there's a big coalition that the collective is part of where they try to do every week where they do what they call direct actions where people go and hand out something information wise information testimony research uh just different stuff you know different days so that's great just keep, we keep poking at them you know <laughs> keep poking yeah. the bear that's all we can do i know 
That's right. <laughs> so are there any well, final words uh, that you have for, <laughs> you know, words of encouragement maybe for somebody who may be in a situation like you were, uh, yeah. something like that before we, we close this out? Uh, well, I just want to say um, to anyone who is struggling with alcohol or an abusive relationship, um, I know how overwhelming that might be or how, how dark a period um, that might be. Um, there's always help. Um, and I'm here to help, uh, talk if anybody needs um, any guidance or help, just advice. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Um, so I'm here if anybody needs to find well, me on Twitter. <laughs> Jenny O82 on Twitter. That's what I was fixing to say. Tell everybody how to find <laughs> Yeah, so I'm Jenny O82 on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram as Jen Librarian82. So you can find me there also. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. So again reach for, out, use community. <laughs> I want to thank you again <laughs> for joining us, telling your story. It's hard for people a lot of times to come forward and talk about the difficult times that they've been through and things. And, but these stories help other people come forward and they help our lawmakers understand that, that this is a medicine, not just something people go out and party with, right? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. It's so fun to talk to you. We've been talking on Twitter for so long now. It's so, so yeah, fun to finally to see to face to face. You. It's yeah. not in person, but it's close. I know. But, uh, and, and and thanks for putting up with my flubs with knocking microphones over. And <laughs> no, <laughs> night was not my night. <laughs> no, you're good. All everybody, right. Everybody, so nice that to... don't, everybody that don't know, this is only my second week to push all the buttons <laughs> and stuff, and we moved stuff around this week, so it kind of threw me off a little bit. You're doing a great job. Anyway, thanks again for joining us, and uh, and appreciate you uh, telling your story. It's been been a thanks for having me. Great one. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. I want to thank everybody again for joining us here on the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective, and uh, want to be sure that uh, you know. Everybody comes and joins us every week. Like and subscribe so you don't miss our new episodes because we're constantly bringing these new stories, not only of just people like Jan, but other people like lawmakers and stuff. And if you have questions sometimes, we can get those out there too. So thanks again for joining us.